It's officially grilling season at the Home Depot. So don't miss Memorial Day savings on grills happening now so you can celebrate with a backyard barbecue for the whole block. Step up your grill game and serve up a feast with the next grill four burner gas grill with durability to last summer after summer on special buy only $199. Get ready for a whole summer of entertaining at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. NASCAR VP and Chief Racing Development Officer Steve O'Donnell joining us as we're getting ready to embark on the first race back in the coronavirus era. I think, you know, the obvious question, Steve, is what is the biggest challenge that you have faced up to this point getting ready for this weekend? Boy, that's a, that's a loaded question. I, I think it's probably just the overall communication. So a ton of work had been in uh, put into the planning with the local and state communities and, and health officials. And then it was making sure that we've talked to everybody in the industry, that uh, everybody's up to speed on what the policies and procedures will be in place. And then everyone's prepared and ready to go racing under the rules that, that we put forth. So I'd say really this week is all about kind of that last minute communication and, and making sure we're all on the same page. Steve, we've heard a lot about how the protocols and the health screenings are going to work at the track. Maybe if, if you want to go over that, and then I'm, I'm also curious, how will race control work? How, you know, because usually you guys are shoulder to shoulder and, yep. and monitoring these races. You're a part of that. How is that going to work as NASCAR oversees this race? Yeah, so the, the health protocols started really last week. So everybody that's going to be at the race had to fill out um, kind of a health form that came in with the roster. So to be approved on the roster, we had that first screening in place. Um, when someone arrives at the track, they'll be met, they'll be checked off that they've um, completed that health uh, process, temperature checks. Um, if there's any issues at all from a health and safety standpoint, they'll be pushed towards the secondary screening with our docs who will be on site um, to administer a secondary screening. Um, once you have passed that, um, you'll go to your designated area. So let's use just a driver. The drivers will have a motorhome at the track and basically are, are self-quarantined. They'll be, they'll be spread out. Uh, they'll do a lot of their media and fan interactions from that motorhome and approximately 10 minutes before the race, they're gonna show up at the race car and be ready to race. Uh, as far as inspection and different things that go on, we've got a lot of one-way traffic, uh, social distancing, everyone will be in masks. Um, so a lot of uh, areas that we would normally have condensed at the track meet will be really uh, our people would be really spread out to different areas because we've got the whole infield. And, and then as far as race control goes, those of us who will be in the infield, uh, myself, Jay Fabian, Scott Miller, will be separate from the others in race control. So we'll have a group that never enters the infield. They'll have kind of a spread out race control. And then we're going to use kind of an auxiliary suite uh, for the three of us where we can spread out and then use technology back and forth uh, for calling the race. Steve, you mentioned going through the health screenings. What happens if a driver fails that health screening? Uh, for example, shows up, has a fever. I know there's waivers that have happened already for Ryan Newman, uh, who've missed races, Matt Kenseth, who's coming back now uh, to race the 42. Is there something in place or have you thought about if a driver misses a race, can he still run for the championship? Yeah, we have. And, and it's important to note that, uh, you know, through that first screening, it won't be an immediate pass fail. We've got our docs who the drivers are familiar with there. That'll be kind of a secondary screening where we can walk through any and all issues that may have taken place or what a driver's experiencing. 
if unfortunately we had to face that scenario, we have communicated with all the race teams and the drivers. We would provide a waiver. Um, we'd ask them to self-quarantine, but yes, we would have that in place for for a driver in this case. Will anything be different, Steve, as far as safety precautions during the race? Like if there's a crash, obviously drivers always attended to by safety crews. Will that process uh, look any different from what we've seen before? I think it'll depend on on the incident, um, but we'll try and and be as proactive from a safety standpoint as as possible on the track. But obviously, taking a driver's health and safety, you know, first and foremost in play. You'll see it probably a little different in terms of just a, a spin out accident where we've got to get the car and, and truck out of there, and, and there's no injury. Um, so that may look a little different. I think the biggest thing fans will see is probably just the pre race, you know, introductions, um, you know, on TV, kind of virtually, and then post race as well. Uh, kind of a different look in victory lane than, than some fans are used to. What made the decision of no practice and no qualifying so that the first time the cars are on the racetrack is really when they are warming up before the green flag flies? Yeah, it's, it's really a lot of different factors. So the, the first part would be kind of our footprint in the marketplace. So how long were we going to be able to be in Darlington for that first race? When would that race be? And then if we wanted it to be a day race, how quickly could we get teams and drivers in and out of the market and, and get home that night? So that was kind of the first one. But then when you back up from all of that, Rick, it was really, how do we even go racing? Uh, race shops weren't open. Goodyear plant was closed down. Engine shops were closed. So when we looked at tire inventory, engines, parts and pieces, to be able to get through those first four to six races, uh, we needed to minimize our footprint at the racetrack as much as possible. We've raced before. Uh, where we didn't have practice or qualifying. So that became the, the the thought process on this one. And then, you know, we thought we could try a few different things and see what worked and didn't work. How important from that perspective, Steve, has it been to have Darlington be so available and so close to the Charlotte area? Obviously, you've got Charlotte Motor Speed where you, where you'll be next week as well. But to have Darlington, which at one point, you know, we didn't know what, what the future would hold for Darlington. Yeah. There's been a rebirth there the last five years with the Southern 500 and, and the throwback weekend. You know, how important is, has Darlington been to being the epicenter of NASCAR's return here? Yeah, you look at kind of unintended consequences or in this you know, in this instance, maybe opportunities, Nate, right? You, we're learning some things along the way of not only is Darlington there and available, it's an iconic racetrack, goes back with our roots, and of all places that you could open up, it, it's kind of a win-win for everybody. It's It's got that historic uh, atmosphere. Drivers love to race there, want to win there as well. So uh, it became crucial for us, candidly, to be able to go there not once but twice, um, you know, race under the lights then be able to go to Charlotte and, and both those venues really enabled us to keep much of the schedule intact on the back half because we're able to pack those in um, within really two weeks. You mentioned racing quickly as far as turnaround. How fluid are you guys with race procedures and how things are going to work to change? I mean, once you see the first race that takes place on Sunday, are you guys looking at how we can hone this, maybe make it better, more efficient, maybe more safe? We are. Um, you know, coming out of the race Sunday, we'll have a full debrief um, Monday morning with everyone that was involved, including, you know, the competition caution on lap 30. That's new for us in terms of how we're going to do that for teams to make adjustments. You could see that change for sure on Wednesday. Um, if we can be consistent, we will. Um, and I think part of this was to try some things um, within the realm of, you know, nothing crazy, right? Some, some things that we wanted to make sure that we still had the integrity piece of the race and the championship. But I think you could see some things change for sure. In officiating the race, Steve, you, you mentioned how con race control would be a little bit different or you're in a separate room from some other officials. Uh, what, what are the challenges there? Because I, I've been in race control during a race and usually it's 
a dozen people screaming at each other in controlled chaos. So how do you envision that going Sunday when you don't have that ability as much? Probably a lot of banging on glass um, in between <laughs> to get somebody's attention. I think we've gotten fairly used to, um, especially when you go to the Bristols of the world, it's hard to hear. Um, so the ability to communicate, um, you know, either via text or, you know, over the radio, we've got separate channels we can use when needed. And now we've got a lot of the direct messaging. So a lot of the things, <clears throat> excuse me, that we needed in place with direct messaging from the teams to the tower uh, is already in place. So we've got that communication down and, and there's a familiarity amongst ourselves and, and really a full confidence in who's calling the race. So a lot of times, um, you know, when I'm there, it's, it's just to help out if there's, there's something wrong, you know, with the track or, or something that we need to react to post-race. So, you know, we've got the right people in place to do their jobs. And, and if, if you don't hear from me, that, that's a good day from, as far as I'm concerned. So, Steve, you're, you're really, I think, uh, amazingly helping out a country right now. Uh, I know that you guys probably don't think about it that way, but sports is something that our country has, you know, had interwoven into really our DNA from almost the beginning of time. We've just always had competition and such, and you guys are bringing that back and, and helping out, I think, the country. How much input have you had from, say, sponsors and owners and the tracks uh, to really make this a, a really meaningful first race and then uh, getting back into the whole schedule? Yeah, the thing I'm, I'm most proud of, and, and we understand, Rick, that this is a huge responsibility on our shoulders to do this and, and do it right. Um, but I think there's no better sport to, to do this. When you look at our industry, there is not one person who has said, we can't do this. They've all had ideas. They've all said, hey, we can't do this, but maybe let's, let's try something different. The drivers have been unbelievable. They've been everywhere promoting this, not just promoting the race, but promoting the folks who enabled us to do this from a health and safety standpoint. And that's what our sport's all about. So I think I'm, I'm most excited about fans uh, certainly being able to see the sport, but some new fans being able to see, you know, who these drivers are, uh, who the television broadcasters are, who the personalities are. And it's, it's really, to your point, a group of, of Americans I think people can be proud of and, and want to go out and, and do what's right, um, not only for the sport, but for the country and hopefully have a little fun while, while we're at it. I've heard you say, Steve, obviously not just uh, new fans will be watching Darlington, but also other professional sports that are looking to return as well here in the coming weeks. And I've heard you say that there may be some officials from other professional sports who will attend Sunday's race and maybe watch from a suite. Can you tell us a bit more about that, about who they might be and, and where they might be? Yeah, we've had a lot of conversations. And you know, Steve Phelps talked to folks at the NBA. Obviously, we've talked to, to IndyCar, the Carolina Panthers. Um, so I think some of those, especially the IndyCar folks, um, will have a representative from Carolina Panthers there. Obviously, you know, outside the track, but just kind of observing what we're doing as, as, as people come in, protocols, what they can learn as well. And then we'll have health officials from uh, the Charlotte area coming down to look at, you know, what's in place what we may need to tweak in terms of being able to enhance our protocols at Charlotte as well. So um, we've been really transparent um, with what we're doing with other leagues. And, and by the same token, the other leagues have been the same. I think what's great about this is we all want to be back um, and we all want to be back in a way that's safe. Uh, so if we can share and learn from each other, I think that's what we've done and, and it's worked well. So aggressive schedule. Uh, you're going to have five races in two weeks. Uh, we're seeing mid-race or mid-week races that are taking place. How fluid is your schedule? I know that you've got to be aggressive trying to get, uh, you know, we've only got four races that are in the books right now, trying to get 32 races in. How aggressive and how fluid are you going to continue to be with the schedule trying to get all these races in? 
So I think we're probably one race away, Rick. Um, we've got a call today with, with the governor to see if we're good to go in, in that state. And then we would be set uh, as long as things stay the same or continue to improve in each state. Uh, we feel really good about the schedule in place and feel like we could roll that out fairly quickly. Um, it will be uh, a little bit heavy on the upfront um, because as we've stated, we want to keep you know Daytona and the playoff races intact. So you'll see maybe one or two additional double headers. Um, you'll see, you know, the midweek races here and maybe one additional um, midweek race as well, which, you know, we're excited to see how that works out. It's been something the fans have talked about. NBC certainly talked about as well. And, and it's going to be a great opportunity for us to try that out and, and see what we could do for 21 and beyond also. Steve, a lot of questions from fans about when they'll be able to return to the track. I know a lot of that is, is fluid being the buzzword right now in terms of state and local regulations. Any sense from NASCAR on what a time frame for that might be, or, or is there an optimism of when fans might be back at racetracks? It's really tough to tell, Nate. Uh, you know, we'd love them there this weekend, but we also understand we've got to do what's right in, in the local communities um, in, in each state. So, you know, some of the calls we've had with uh, governors have said, hey, we, we may be ready um, and we may be open to that. So I, I'm encouraged by those conversations. We have not heard, you know, a no way for the rest of the year. There have been certain states that we feel like we'll have the ability to do that, um, but would be unsure of, of giving you an exact date right now. Well, Steve, you talked about NASCAR being the perfect sport uh, to kind of kick mm -hmm. this thing off. I think one of the great things about NASCAR is that we always are able to see the emotion. Um, a guy wins a race, he gets out, you know, he's able to celebrate. How is that going to change for the, I guess, the near future with uh, social distancing and people trying to, you know, no high fives, no hugs, yep. uh, that kind of thing. How does that all change, say, in Darlington when uh, the winner wins? What does he do? That's uh, a great question, Rick. And I think you saw it with iRacing, the personalities of these guys, right, or what, what helps the sport. Uh, you know, people like, like our drivers and, and like how they interact with the fans. So that's going to be a challenge for us. But uh, Jill Gregory and her team and Patrick Rogers have done a great job with the drivers who have done a bunch of of things, you know, driver intros, that sort of thing to help showcase their personality during the race. You know, Victory Lane will still have that interview. We'll have the, the socially distanced mic uh, on, on the start finish line, but uh, I think you'll still see the personalities and then it'll be incumbent upon all of us in the industry, um, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to, to get those stories out and, and talk about those. And, and really that's an opportunity for us as well to learn. You know, we didn't have to do that as much in the past. We'd race on Sunday. We'd show up the next week on Friday. And, and you know, you, we've all talked as an industry that, you know, those midweek days were a challenge. And um, I think we've learned some things during this off time to continue to build the storyline and, and showcase the personalities in the sport. Steve, we know we'll still hear from the winner, as you mentioned, socially distanced interview. But what about drivers who might want to confront each other post-race? Because so much of NASCAR is built on that emotion in the post-race and feuds and rivalries. Yeah. Uh, if drivers want to confront each other, will you will you allow it? Would you actively discourage it? Would you talk to them about that beforehand? How, how will that be handled? Yeah, I think we've got a call actually with the drivers right after this call just to walk through the, the protocols and everything. And, and I think from our standpoint, Nate, you know, it's not lost on us the responsibility we have as a sport in, in showcasing uh, the protocols that we have in place. So I would say we would heavily discourage that. Um, they, you know, we've got a lot on the line with this race to be able to race. We understand emotions will be high, but, um, you know, maybe that's something we call Dana White up and he can, he can arrange a, a separate <laughs> bout maybe in Jacksonville for those guys and we can send them down there on Monday and they could come back and join us for, for the race Wednesday.
Well, Steve, uh, you had mentioned it, how the drivers have been uh, so willing to help out uh, in these really challenging times. I was really amazed and, and impressed with uh, virtually every driver that's entered in this race on Sunday uh, has a piece of tape over their name on the race car, and they have a, and they're calling them the real heroes, they have a healthcare worker, uh, nurses, doctors, people that are on the front lines right now. The name of the race is the Real Heroes 400 at Darlington. You know, how proud are you of your industry and how much they are embracing what we're calling the real heroes uh, right now, the medical professionals here in the country? I, I think it's awesome. I think, um, you know, what we do with the military and, and showcase that partnership throughout the year, I think has been tremendous. And to me, this is an extension of that, um, you know, really acknowledging the, the folks who have kept people healthy, who have worked tirelessly 24-7, don't normally get the recognition they deserve. Uh, they enable us to, to go out and race. And I think uh, it's the least we can do as an industry is, is to thank them, especially in the local marketplace. You'll see that continue. Uh, the group in South Carolina has been tremendous. Uh, Charlotte as well, really helping put these protocols in place. And, you know, incredibly proud of, of the drivers and the race teams for coming together uh, to salute those who enable us to do what we love to do. Yeah, it's, it's a great initiative, Steve. We, we saw the drivers come out and talk about that on social yesterday. A lot of media availability as well with the drivers yesterday. And my, my last question would just be, many of them were saying they went to the shop this week, but I know you, you and John Bobo have discouraged them from doing that after this race. How will NASCAR be monitoring how drivers and teams isolate after Sunday at Darlington? We'd be checking with teams at the shops or just remotely. How, how will that be done? Yeah, I think a little bit of both. Um, you know, we're going to put a lot of this on the race team um, because ultimately, you know, they need everybody uh, safe and healthy coming to that next race. They understand the protocols that are in place. But just like I think other leagues, right, you're, you're kind of in charge of your team and, and your personnel and, and getting them to the event in, in a healthy manner. So we'll continue with the protocols. We'll continue to see what we can learn and, and have the dialogue. I think a lot of the calls with the drivers have helped, um, you know, some – are way more serious in terms of isolation. Some want to, you know, do what they've normally done in terms of getting fitted in the car and feeling right. But I think as long as they're doing that um, with the protocols in place um, and can get to the racetrack healthy and, and we can keep racing, you know, that's what we want to do. Again, joining us, NASCAR Vice President, Chief Racing Development Officer, Steve O'Donnell. We know you're busy. We know you've got a lot of things going on. Thank you so much for your time, Steve, and best of luck this weekend. Hey, thank you guys for the partnership and all the help with the schedule, and I uh, look forward to seeing you in person soon. We'll social distance, though. Elbow, <laughs> right? There right. you go. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.